0: For the holiday of Simchat Torah, literally the joy of the Torah, we're looking backward at last year's Simchat Torah episode, episode 56. This is Jews Talk Racial Justice with April and Tracy, a weekly show hosted by April Baskin and Tracy Guy Decker. In a complex world, change takes courage. Wholehearted relationships can keep us accountable. I I never attended Simchat Torah. Anything growing up, I and mean, we were very much high holiday Jews when I was growing oh, up. I've started so much fun, so much fun, so, so much fun. Candy. <laughs> well, we don't actually do candy at my home shul, but what we do is we unroll the scroll, uh, multiple scrolls because we own several, um, and then you know, no biggie. It, it, it's a really big shul. <laughs> <I> mean, it's, <laughs> it, it's kind of a behemoth. Um, which has definitely is double edged sword. Um, anyway, so they unroll a number of scrolls, and then we all stand around the outside of the of the large sanctuary and like hold up the scroll scrolls so that right. they circle the sanctuary. Which I know is not unique to us. What's special is like how just how many of them we have, um, and um, just the symbolism of the 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 manifold symbolism of that of us holding the torah us as a congregation holding it up while also acknowledging the circular nature of it and it it encircling us in a in a sense or encircling our space
1: oh, sister getting into symbolism that starts yeah. to
0: turn on my intellectual stimulation It just um i, I attended one uh i had read about it and i was like oh that's nice <laughs> And then I attended one and, um, I mean, it, it's like just chills. Like with we're, we're, not only are we supporting the Torah, but it is hugging us. I don't know. There's something really, really special about that. But in particular, what I wanted to bring up for our work together in the symbolism of Simchat Torah is the way in which we are, we are celebrating a completion by immediately starting it again, you know, like we don't, we do not let a week go by between the end of Deuteronomy and restarting at the, at the front of Genesis. And, um, that, and that also is joyful and there's something in that, that I just find really resonant and instructive and I don't know, generative in thinking about the work that, we do together that we just realized is Simchat Sedeq.
1: The translation of that being essentially the joy of justice.
0: <laughs> Which I also... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, I don't know. It's just, it's it's hitting me this year in different ways. But as you were talking, I was also
1: thinking about, and I don't know exactly where this is going, but I love symbolism and meaning and metaphor and <laughs> of... We finish, we complete, and it's like this huge completed scroll. Not only like, so I love this idea of embracing and hugging and all of that means, uh, you know, encircling as you were describing it, but also what does it mean to reach, which is building on literally what you just said, but like to reach a moment of completion and then to completely unroll all of it wide open, like wide open, not just not just like a turning, which would make sense in a lot of ways, like we do weekly as we're moving the scrolls to get to the next Torah portion. But now, nah, why do that when we can do this cumbersome process of <laughs> involving multiple people who we may or may not trust with this sacred thing, right? But there's actually a lot of meaning in this, right? Like I just think I just, like potential meanings, right? And then unrolling it, all, which is so counter to everything about today, at least, where it's all about forward, 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 for the most part. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember history. It's important. But yeah, forward, 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 forward. (laughs) And then some more forward. Don't look in the past. No need for regrets. That's just like this forward push in terms of thinking about like the theme that we talked about around life curriculum or as well as like in our racial justice work what is what's the parallel of opening it all up in front of multiple people and lots of us know okay there's like sacred torah it is very important in our tradition and Particularly, well, and I think in many spaces, not every part of the Torah is something people are comfortable with, have have uncomplicated feelings about, is what I like about this is the way that this tradition aligns, as I understand it from my understanding and Minchag around Jewish custom and tradition, of simultaneously, week by week engaging with the text. Of the Torah and having any range of feelings about it, but engaging honestly and authentically, but still at year's end, celebrating that relationship, celebrating uh, seeing
0: the collective good of the whole. So I learned sometime in the past, like since COVID, um, maybe it was when he died. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs passed away um, since COVID, and someone I learned that he has a thing about. Um, um, thinking about each person's, uh, how essential each individual is. And he uh, related it yeah. to the scroll and how every single letter a single. If a single letter is obscured, then the whole scroll is considered pasul. It is not kosher. It is right. you Cannot. it's no, it lo, no longer can fulfill its, its duty. And in that same way that I might be, I might feel myself to be just a little yud, just a little, which is the, the, the letter that makes the Y sound. And it's just this tiny. You ate little, a little yud, Tracy, but but we'll, you. we'll go with it. I might perceive myself <laughs> to be just a little yud, um, which is just like a small mark, almost like an apostrophe, um, Tiny letter. <laughs> but I am still essential. Like the, the text is not, it is not usable if I'm not there, even if I feel myself to be only a little yud and I feel you to be like a giant bet with crowns on you. <laughs> like we are both as essential because if either one is missing then the text the the whole scroll is considered pasul and when i think about that and and as you talked about like we we stretched it all out right we're looking at all of it all of those letters all of those essential letters um, from the year and each one is essential and as you say there are some texts that require a lot more work uh to find the meaning in than others um but they're all essential it just as every letter is essential just as all of us are essential whether we perceive ourselves to be a yud or the bet from the very beginning with the, all of the crowns on us and the other thing that just to like pull that around again that metaphor i just also read i was re- i read um i think i mentioned already i read Alan this is real and you're completely unprepared. And he pointed out that when we do that, move from the end of Deuteronomy to the beginning of Genesis, the last letter of Deuteronomy is a, a Lamed, the L sound. And the first letter of Genesis is a uh, bet. Um, and together that is Lev, which means heart. And so like when we pull them, when we pull all of that together, the the text gives us heart when we do wrap it around in a circle and I don't know, together like the importance of the letters and seeing them all and the way they line up in different ways from the song of the sea to the song of Moses to the like the normal the more standard you know single column um And to see it all at once and have it encircle us and have us lift it up. I want
1: to go for something more agitational here, what I think is more agitational. So that was first of all, the love was beautiful. Here's my thought. So you brought it back to how each of us is essential, but what I wanna say, and I think that most people could at least in theory go with that. What I'm build, what I'm starting to build towards in the context of our work with Jewish folks, often. They're not exclusively white Jewish folks. But what's more agitational and that I want to chew on right now is this idea, what if each lesson, like what if each lesson is essential? Like actually honoring, there's a way in which, and both of these I think are actually interrelated, are the ways that people in general uh, struggle with their worthiness for a variety of reasons. Uh, often related to oppression not exclusively but op- oppression the way it shows up in families trauma different things but uh, but to me that that struggle with worthiness also certainly shows up in one's actions hmm. and uh, and or a conflation of the relationship between those things and wanting to release what's been learned Essentially, what I'm saying, and I think I said it sufficiently, but just to be clear, is at one point you were saying, you know, the essential, that each of us is essential in terms of all the letters. And actually, in the context of a striving for justice and a striving to embody and manifest within ourselves and our actions, our highest ideals, What does it mean if we began to not say that we like or love all of the actions that we've taken, but we take full radical accountability, responsibility, and witnessing of those things and embrace it and say, it is all holy for the sake of heaven, for the sake of justice, for advancing justice. And I'm going to take time to unravel these things. And even though I might be trembling or struggling at times, what does it mean to consider that on this learning journey of us continually navigating, struggling, succeeding, fumbling through our life curriculum, as we talked about it last week, based upon a Jewish educators' insights? I just love this idea of like, what if we began to see all of these experiences as essential learnings or lessons and embrace it and be open about it? Or just like what that idea means and what that would imply. Certainly it kind of can get a little, there's just like the basic element of it that can be challenging for some. For me as a woman of color, there's a part of that that I'm like, ooh, does that mean I am saying it's okay? when certain people are hurt and it's not that it's like a higher it's like a higher altitude i'm not i'm not excusing it in the moment but also at the end of the day we all to a certain extent have the curriculum that we have and there are lessons that we need to learn and i think what i'm just trying to get at is i think that there's an elevated spiritual way of operating in deciding to have a profoundly deep commitment to advancing justice and to having enough self-love and respect to say, I might fumble, I might be an idiot, internally, not publicly or with other people, but, but to internally say, this is my sacred journey and I am doing the best that I can on most days. And even on the days when I falter, I was still usually doing my best. And I'm going to elevate all of that, even as I'm learning and even as I'm saying, I don't want to repeat that thing, this next cycle around.
0: But I just, I just like these themes. I think it's interesting. That really resonates. The idea that not that it's okay, but that even the mistakes helped make us who we are. Right. But it's more about this idea of having this mm-hmm. practice of
1: like similar of lifting it all up, of what does it mean mm-hmm. to fully own our tragi- like i think that like as i lean into this idea and this thinking and the thoughts that go along with it from a healthy perspective not from arrogance but from humility and honesty and profound commitment it to me it facilitates an openness in individual behavior and interpersonal and communal culture around having more courage to talk about things when we're owning them and that actually some of these things won't repeat if they show up in the light of day, if they're not relegated. It's not as if like, it's if in people's actions, it's like one, people aren't, we don't have an opportunity to unroll our, our own behavior lessons or lessons Torah scroll in the same Way, but often when we do, there's blacked out patches, there's shame moments, there's things, right? And those things that remain in the realm of shame or silence. And we don't do that with the Torah. We're not like, oh, we're going to cover up this part and this part and this. There is so much, right? So, and and when you look at it at that 30,000 foot level,
0: you're able to have perspective and hold and honor it all as a whole it's reminding me of um you and i were in a space together where um and um our colleague yoshi silverstein talked about kaddish and kaddish uh the kaddish that the mourner's kaddish uh, having originally come from the kaddish to rabbanan the which is which is the kaddish that we that traditionally was said when like a really amazing um interpretation of torah was given a of torah was given and so and then it became through i actually looked it up because i was really fascinated by this it's a long story with rabbi akiva that i'm not going to go into but look it up if if you're interested it's really interesting (laughs) um it became what we said uh after someone died and then on their yard site and and it's really significant too we we remember those who have gone before us on the anniversary, the the site is the anniversary of their death, not their birth, because at their birth they have not yet brought their Torah into the world. Because the Kaddish ultimately is celebrating Torah, and so at the end of their life, all of their Torah, and that's all of it, right? Like the mistakes too. Oh, that this ben is a great time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it has been actualized. It's not just potential anymore. It's it's been actualized and brought into the world. And so that's why we say Kaddish, which was originally uh, about Torah. And that's why we say it, our, that's why we we honor Yahrzeit on the death anniversary and not on the birth anniversary. And I don't know, there's something about what you're talking about right now about how um, we can learn from Sinqaf Torah, uh, 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 we can learn from like lifting up the whole scroll um, and then the connection with um, what was Yoshi's insight for me about Kaddish? Um, it just feels really all related. Basically perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Yoshi. I love
1: that. I love that. Something very deep here about about what we're talking about. And it fits with other themes that I'm really becoming more intimate with in my own spiritual practice. And we won't get into it into this in this episode. But I just think what we're discussing and what you just shared Is a very profound statement that could be a whole episode in and of it itself, and I just think a lot of times people really struggle with their life curriculum and feel very alone, even though for the most part or nearly always. We're all interconnected. Nothing is new under the sun. And this kind of ties into some things I'm thinking about and really spending a lot lot of time with in the Shemitah year. What that means, right? Because what came to mind to me, Tracy, is that statement, what what Yoshi said, what you're saying, and I think it actually is true on some level. And what does that mean? To say that even if someone was a schlamoodle? their much of their life and brought much misery, that statement still applies to that person. And I actually do believe that. And part of what I'm spending a lot of time with is the interplay The fruitful interplay between our day-to-day lives and all the specificity of that and all the joy and the challenge and the occasional or not so occasional shame folks feel. And then there's, and there's our life curriculum, which to me is kind of the through line. And then there's, in my perspective, that I'm sure it's it's tied to a number of different faith traditions and I'm sure our own, but I'm just going to speak from it from my own voice at the moment like broader life lessons and themes and dynamics that play out at a higher altitude that are less personal or specific or like as I'm going through certain circumstances. I had a very painful thing happen to me this summer in a relationship. And ultimately, after taking a few weeks to process the hurt and anger, one of the things that ultimately brought me peace was a very real higher altitude perspective of, I think this also served a different purpose in a different way beyond this specific interaction. And I just, and that doesn't change my desire for accountability with this person. And I can still hold that someone may have let me down in this moment, but I also can notice in a broader sense that whether or not they weren't thinking that, but that the exchange we had helped to bring to light a number of broader themes for this moment in my life right now, in terms of what direction I'm going in, in terms of thinking about my strategic efforts and work. And I'm not someone who says that the hurt then justifies those lessons that came, but I can also acknowledge and not throw away some key insights and ultimately gifts or support that, or purposefulness, whatever the case may be in a specific moment, that is also arising from that. And, and to me, this anecdote or lesson or insight that you shared about the Kaddish uh, aligns with that to me in some in some way of some sort of peacefulness In terms of the totality, in in saying this person or this thing served the purpose that it meant to serve, and there is something holy about this, even if I don't like that person or whatever the incident was brought me much pain. Just there's a lot there, and I think I think this year, as we are savoring an observance of of. Torah or recalling ones from years past or into the future. I just, I really, I'm excited to continue to chew on these ideas. I think there's more insight or some pithy piece, but it's new and fresh and working with these other current learnings I have, it's on the edge of my learning and becoming. And so it's not solidified, but I just think it's really rich and complex and beautiful. Thank you so much for... Helping to facilitate this ongoing intellectual, spiritual
0: evolution, Tracy. Yeah, thank, well, thanks for letting me talk about it. I, I love, I love, I love thinking about this stuff and how it relates to our work. It it gives me life. So thank you. Me too. All
1: right. Well, I love you and L'chaim. Wishing everyone a sweet new go around of. Torah study of work with our life curriculum and our collective work together around the different ways that we work communally and institutionally and organizationally in groups uh, to advance this work and notice that it's cyclical. It's a spiral. We're going to make progress, and the things that we skip over now they're going to come back. That Torah passage is just that that issue. You might, you might have dealt with one person one way, those patterns and those issues that are tough for you, often it's, it's more about our curriculum. And so if anything else, I think, if nothing else, I think this episode is an invitation to decide that some of our gnarliest, most difficult, icky things that we're being faced with, that not that we always have to work on it in the moment or have urgency, but it's not going away and it's going to manifest somewhere else because our life curriculum like the Torah is cyclical and luckily we don't have to do it alone. So L'chaim, best of luck. I hope you had a beautiful Simchat Torah and a beautiful Rosh Hashanah and High Holiday season and we're so excited to continue on this journey with you. Thanks for tuning in. Our show's theme music was composed by Elliot Hammer. You can find this track and other beats on Instagram at Elliot Hammer. If this episode resonated with you, please share it and subscribe. To join the conversation, visit com, where you can send us a question or suggestion, access our show notes, and learn more about our team. Take care until next time, and stay humble and keep going.